is a message I actually prepared for last week, but uh, I got a chance for somebody else to t take over for me. I'm, I'm so glad we all got to meet Matt last week. But I'm going to be opening the book of Hebrews. And as we open the book of Hebrews, I guess you've already found out that our uh, ability to understand uh, PowerPoint is not all that well this morning, so our PowerPoint is not there. So I, I hopefully you all have your Bibles or you have your text or you have your Bible on your cell phone that you can be looking at. As we open the book of Hebrews, uh, whenever I open a new book, I always ask myself the same questions. What is the Lord going to teach me this morning from the Word? Because I always go into the Word wanting to be in a position that I might be able to see Jesus. And he tells us that if we have a relationship with him and we seek him, that we can find him. I want to be able to understand him. I want to be able to relate to him. And I want to find ways that I can use his word in my life. And I expect that the Bible is his word to me and that he tells us in his word that this word is not just for the old times, but it's for all times because this is, Jesus is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. So as we, as we get into the book, we see that the book's name is Hebrews. And uh, this book of Hebrews uh, has a, a direction here that we can learn about Jesus and we can learn about our relationship as it applies to him. So as we, as we get into the word, we, we hear the thing from John 1, 14. It says, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If the word became flesh and dwelt among us, then it's still here as long as we have the word. And God has uh, put the Bible in a position that uh, it's, the, it's the most sold book in the world. There's more people who buy the Bible than, any, than all the other books that are being purchased. Why do you suppose that, that is? Um, I, I personally believe it's because of the Holy Spirit. So as we, as, we look at, as we look to the Scripture, we want to understand the Scripture and we want it to open our minds. And if we ask it to open our minds, we want to be able to look at to what God tells us from his word as what that, that entails. In order to comprehend it, God says in Psalms that he comes and he brings things into light. In other words, what it's saying is he brings the light into our lives to do what? To enlighten the shadows and the darkness. Because there's so many people that are in the shadows and darkness, they can't see Jesus. They can't see God. And so as we get into what it's, it's going to say, we start looking to see, too, we need to have an entrance into God's Word. Now, what's the entrance into God's Word? Well, it comes and says that, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our faith 
is based on what? The word of God. Because if you don't have the word of God, what is your faith built on? Your faith is built on. And I personally believe that just reading a book doesn't do it. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. And if this book is the book of his life, this is our way to understand him. Now it goes through and, and the Bible tells us that God knows all things. He knows us from our most intricate parts. He knows us by the cells in our body. He knows us by everything we do. We can't hide anything from him. All our sins are open. We're an open book to him. We cannot close it. We cannot hide any of the pages. So if that's true, we need to be going through these pages so that we know him like he knows us. We need to know him like he knows us. So as we get into the word, we need to seek so that we might find him. And he tells us in John that if we seek him, we'll find him. If we seek him, we'll find him. So as we open this book of Hebrews, we want to start looking to see, well, what's really here? And when we open this first chapter in Hebrews, and in, 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 uh, we start looking to see, and we look through in this, in this first chapter, it tells me in the, in the dialogue about this chapter that there's no vowels in this chapter. No vowels. If there's no vowels, what does that mean? There's no commands in this chapter. There's no commands in this chapter. It's purely a picture from words. So as we read this chapter, we're looking to see pictures. What do we see? What do we see? So let's get into this. Let's get into the word. Into the word, it says <clears throat> in Hebrews 1, it tells us that after he spoke long ago, the fathers and the prophets in many positions and in many ways. So it says that in the Old Testament, God spoke to his people in many different ways. And if we go through and look in the Bible, how did God talk to people in the Old Testament? Well, he sent angels, number one, to talk to them. Okay? Mary found out through the angels. We can go back and look at Enoch in, in Genesis, and it says Enoch, Enoch talked with God on a regular basis. I'm, I'm guessing that if he talked with God on a regular basis, that it was face-to-face. -face. It was face-to-face. -face. And a lot of people say, well, that can't happen because anyone who sees God would be immediately dead. Right? God is, God is such a strong blue light that if anybody talked... But when we look at the Trinity, we see that Jesus is not the great blue light. Jesus is what? The Son of God. And in this, in this chapter, in, in the book of Psalms, it talks about the Lord said to my Lord, I will make the world a footstool for you. Well, when we go back and look and see at the words, God's talking to God and he calls him Jehovah, and who is Jehovah in Genesis? It's God. 
My God says to my God. So he's saying it's being interpreted here as God. Jehovah's being interpreted as God. So if God calls Jesus Jehovah, he's calling Jesus God. So we stop and say, well, if God's going to call Jesus God, then we're going to call Jesus God, right? That's, and, that's, and, that's, and we are to find that out. If we open this book and we start looking, we need to understand why would God call Jesus God? So we need to see that in our, as, we, as we go through and look at it. And so as we looked at the ways that he talks, how does he talk to us today? How does he talk to us today? He talks in many ways. Dreams, visions, face-to-face, angels. How is he talking to you? So we stop and think, mm, what did Jesus do so that we might have uh, an understanding and, and be able to talk to him personally, didn't he? He says you can have a way to talk to him personally. What did he provide us so that we can talk to him personally? He said, I go so that I might send you a helper. That I might send you a helper. So as we put ourselves in the position to call on him to save us from our sins, and we asked Jesus, would you take me to be your son so I could be one of those people called by Jesus? And he calls us, but he says we have to do one thing in order to receive him, and what is that? We need to repent and ask to receive him into our lives. And what we're doing by doing that is we submit to him. We submit to him. And as we go through and we submit to him, he takes away our sins so that we might have righteousness with his father so that we might be accepted into the kingdom. That we might have righteousness from Jesus so that we might be accepted into the kingdom. So as we look to communicate, we look to say, hmm, yes, I need to understand why the Holy Spirit's in my life and why Jesus did it so that I might have communication with the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus loves you. He said he cares for you and me. And he wants to do what for us? He wants to enable us to do what? Well, he's going to show us here by the pictures as to what his position is. And the first thing he talks about here and going on, it says, and in these last days, has he not spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir over all things, through whom also he also made the world? Here, this Jesus, the creator, he made us, he made the world. And it doesn't say world, it says worlds. <laughs> worlds. So I, 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 I went in there and I looked what it means, and it made, he made the stars. He made the universe. When he's talking about the worlds, he's talking about this, this word worlds is universe. He made the universe, which we are part of. He made the worlds, the universe, which we are a part of. And then going on into verse 3, he says, And he in his radiance of his glory and exact recitation <coughs> of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power when he had made 
purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. What does that mean that he sat down after he was finished here on earth, saving us from our sins? He sat down with his majesty on high. Why is Jesus with his majesty on high? Um, I always thought, well, Jesus, I thought you were here with me. But he sent himself to be here in what way? He said, I, when I leave, I'm going to leave you with a helper. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. And, it, and we, we know that the triune of God, God is one. A triune that's one, that means that the Holy Spirit is also God. It's also the Holy Ghost, which is what? The representation of Jesus Christ that lives within us. That lives within us. Those that he lives within are by the church called saints. Why should those in the church who believe in Jesus Christ be called saints? What's the, what's the biggest thing that a saint is supposed to be able to do? That means the saint is spiritually enabled. If you're a saint, you're spiritually enabled. What does it mean to be spiritually enabled? You all are, so have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and so you are spiritually enabled enabled what is that what does spiritually being enabled mean well he said that he has given us gifts so that we might expose our spirituality to those who are around us he's given us gifts so that we can expose our spirituality to those who are around us for what reason so that the people around you might know that he loves the world and he wants the world to accept him. But if our, rep, our spiritual representation is not what he has given us the power to do, that means that we hide our spirituality by our humanness. Can you hide your spirituality by humanness? Not if he's in you. If he's in you, he will direct you. So we have to go through and we have to go into the Old Testament with me. Whenever I get these questions, I go into the Old Testament and I go into the New Testament and I ask the questions. What does he mean? What does he mean? He means that in order for you to be totally enabled, you need to be in a relationship with him. A lot of people say, whoa, I can do it all by myself. I can do it all by myself. All I, I've got Jesus. I can do it all by myself. If Jesus wanted you to do it all by yourself, he would only make one person at a time, wouldn't he? But he didn't do that. He said, I'm calling you together. And he said that the gifts are spread out 
to the church. So that means that if I'm up here all by myself and I don't have the church around me and I don't have the relationship that he calls me, why? Why? What is it? Fellowship together. We're going to get into the chapter 10. It's going to be talking about in this, in this book about what it means to have fellowship together. The other thing this book talks about in chapter 10 is uh, when, don't you know that the time is near? Um, When I first got into that word, it scared me. The time is near. Because I know what the, you know what the time is near means? The end. The end is near. The time that we're going to be called up with him to heaven. We're going to be called up with him to heaven. As we get into verse 4, it says, Having as much better than the angels. Having become as much better than the angels. Jesus. The heavenly person, Jesus. The heavenly person's angels are being compared here. Why is he comparing himself to an angels? Heavenly, heavenly, heavenly beings. What are we destined to be? Heavenly beings. We're destined to be heavenly beings. But he's going through here and he's saying there's a separation in heaven. There's a separation in heaven. Heavenly beings have their place. Jesus called us to have a place. He says, I go, therefore, to make a place for you, right? And John, I go there to make a place for you. In my house there are many mansions, and I am going to prepare a room for you. You've got a place in heaven. It's already prepared. He's saying, I'm preparing it for you. So as we know that, and he says, having become much better than the angels, as he inherited a more excellent name than them, than they. Separation. If you get into the study of angels, you've got to stop and say, hmm, what are angels for? What did God make angels for? We go through and we look in the Bible, and definitely there's a lot of expectations from angels. There's Michael, right? Michael is the justice person. He's the one that goes after injustice. He's the protector. Many angels come and their job is as as a protector. Or we can get into the information angels. Gabriel, information angels. They have their place and they have a purpose for God. They minister for God to humans. Those angels minister to God for humans. When I get into angels, I get back into the thing when uh, God sent Lucifer to this earth to separate him out of heaven. He, he, was, he was expelled from heaven, and he's on this earth. Angels. And when Lucifer came to this earth, he brought one-third of all the angels in heaven with him. They're all on this earth, those angels. Those angels that have been booted out of heaven. And the angels that are in heaven are on watching over the other people on this earth to protect us from those other angels that are down here on this earth. 
We call Lucifer the devil. We call his angels the demons. So we need to understand that angels have a prevalent place in the lives of human beings. But he's making it clear here that he's higher than the angels. Why do we need to know that Jesus Christ is higher than the angels? Because he alone is to be worshipped. Our God is one, and he alone is to be worshipped. He says, do not worship the angels. What do the angels do? You go through and you read in, in Isaiah, what does it say that the angels do? They stood around him and did what? They worshipped him. They sang songs and worshipped him. They praised him. Glory, glory, glory. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Yes. So what is the job of the saints? To minister to what? We are to minister to the other people who are around us. We are to minister to those who are lost. We're also to minister to one another. We're to be there for one another. The Holy Spirit is in us so that we might be enabled to do what God enabled us to do. Yes. But we need to know that. And if you don't read the scriptures, you're not going to know that. Why is it that we need to know all the things that are in the scriptures so that we can be closer to God and we can know him? Because he knows us. But if we don't know him, what happens? I always get into it that uh, I need to know Jesus when I'm in trouble because he's the, he's the guy that gets me out of it. He's the guy that gives me the insight to find a way. He brings people into my life to help me get out of it. But what happens when I don't have chaos in my life and I don't, I'm not thinking about it? I get into what? Self-indulgence. <laughs> when, I'm not, when I'm not hanging out with Jesus, I get into what? Me, myself, and I kind of guy. And I'm not thinking about you. I'm not thinking about him. I'm just thinking about me. And that's not good. Because when that happens, what happens? My mind gets distorted. I'm open to other things. I am, I am not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to be controlled by me, myself, and I. And when that happens, it's chaos in my life. Sin runs rampantly then because I turn away. So I need to understand what the superiority of God is in my life. As I get into verse 5, it says, And to which of those angels did he say, Are you my son? Today I have begotten you, and again I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Wow. The word begotten. The word begotten. Strong, strong, strong word. Have we begotten? I begotten nothing. My wife begotten three daughters. What does that mean? She what? She gave birth. Uh, was Jesus given birth? No, he was what? Was he created? No, that's what it's saying. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was begotten. He was a part 
of God. If we go back into the scriptures, we have to say, what does that really mean? He's a part of God. We go back into the scriptures and it says, Jesus was there in the beginning. What's the beginning? What's the beginning of God? That's mean he was there at the same time. So Jesus and God were there together, and God calls him my son, and I am his father. He's setting himself as a relationship. But we're saying the triune, and God goes on there. We need to understand that our God is one. Our God is one. And so as it says, God made the world, well, Jehovah made the world. Does that mean that Jesus is separated from God? No, it does not. He's not separated from God. But he has, Jesus has the authority of God. Jesus has the authority of God. That's what it's saying. It goes on into verse 6 and says, And he again brings the firstborn into the world. He says, And let all of the angels of God worship him. Boy, he's sure sticking to the angels here in these verses, isn't he? Why is the angels so darn important here in this first chapter? Why do we need to understand angels? We need to see this is a picture thing. This is a totally a word picture thing. We need to understand what is this angels doing being prevalent here and God talking about the angels. Yeah, we know about angels. But he's making it very important here because he wants us to see the picture. What's the picture? It's an example for us. What, what, what are the angels here to do? What are these angels here to do? Minister. When you go through here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get down here. We're going we're gonna to get down into the next verse, and it says, But the Son, he says to your, th your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteousness scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. In verse 9 it says, And you have, Lord, righteousness and hatred and lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil and gladness above your compassion. Again, here it talks about God and God. God said to, to your God. God said to Jehovah. Yahweh said to Yehovah. Yahweh said to Yahweh. Jehovah is Yahweh. Which is the same name. He's calling, him, he's calling Jesus by his name. He's calling Jesus by his name. And he's making it prevalent that God is separate from the angels. Did you know that angels are also created beings? Yes, angels are also created beings. Angels were created by God for what purpose again? We had to minister to humans. To minister to humans. I always say, well, if uh, angels were made to minister to humans, what happened to Lucifer? You go back and say, okay, what happened to Lucifer? Well, as we get into our own lives and we got into that... Uh, Look into the tree of good and evil, uh, we know. What did we inherit? Being a, we know the difference between good and evil. Well, the difference between good and evil gave us 
perception, gave us insight. A lot of people say, well, it gave us the ability to create like God can create. What, what is it that man can create? We can build things. Did you know that? We as people can build things. We, we have inherited the thing when we get into that. We are, we are creative beings. Just like God created us. We can create things. We can't create other beings, but we can create a lot of things. And you can see what's going on today. There's a lot of, lot of creations coming. A lot of different things around now. So as we, as we get into that, we, we, we look and see. And in verse 10 it says, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are all are the works of your hands. Creation is the works of God's hands. It also says the heavens are the creation of God's hands. So we look at this, the heavens. What is the heavens? And so if we get into the scripture again, I start searching the scripture, what is the heavens to people? God says the heavens are the place where God is and where he dwells, so it's a special place. But we get into uh, the book of Genesis again, and we see where the, ta- the Tower of Babel was being built, and why did God stop the, the building of the Tower of Babel? Because the people were doing what? Getting too creative in trying to reach out and be and touch God. Do we understand what that means? No, I don't understand it. But I do hear it. So that means that uh, Jesus Christ came and gave us the ability to touch God. Did you know that? We have the ability to touch God because God gave us the Holy Spirit, and we are touched by God from where? Eternally. It's not something that we can touch with our hands, but it's something that we can hold within us. It's something that we can generate our love for other human beings because of the generation that God has enabled us to do. We get into verse 11, and it says, They will perish, but you will remain and they will become old like a garment. The heavens, the earth, and us, like cloth, is going to perish. There's going to be an end. He wants us to know that. But what's going to remain? Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit are going to remain. When God calls us up to heaven, uh, where is it that he's calling us to? Is he calling us to heaven? You look and see what that really means. What does it mean he's calling us to do? He's calling us to be what? One with him. Another strange application that we've got to put into our understanding uh, being in heaven and being in a special place, he's making a place for us, but is the place actually in heaven? Yeah, the Bible's got a lot of things that can make you want to get deeper into his word to understand him. 
because we, under, we need to understand what does it mean to be one with him? What does it mean? As we are, in, as a family, we start looking to say, okay, Father, Mother, Father's Day, well, get a chance of Father, who's, who, who wants to be one with me? My wife, would you like to be one with me? Not really. Because we each have what? We each have our own oneness. But he's calling us to be one with him. Totally different concept than being one with a family. But he's calling us as a church to be what? One with him. He's calling us as a church to be one with him. I don't know that he's calling... Me, he's calling the saints to be one with him. What does that mean, saints to be one with him? It's another reason to be deeper into the word, isn't it? It's another reason to get into the word so that we might understand that relationship that he has with us. And in verse 12 it says, And like a mantle you will roll them up like a garment, they will also be changed but you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. What is he saying here? He's saying that we, this world, and the heavens are in his hands. Another concept, in his hands. What does it mean to be one with him? Another thing he says is we are in his hands. A picture. It's a picture so we might understand what it means to be with him and to be understand to have a relationship with him, that we are one with him and that we are in his hands. And we're going to be there forever. We're there now and we will be there forever. We're there now and we're going to be there forever. But I also hear the words, uh, and, and these things too shall pass. What does that mean? The things on this earth shall pass. I've seen my grandfather die. I've seen my mother and father die. I've seen my aunts and uncles die. They all passed. So I, have, I know what's in store for me. I'm going to pass with them. All things on this earth will pass. So what is my charge? What is, what is God charging me, his saint, to do if all these things are going to pass? We need to rejoice that we are one with him and we are in his hands. We're one with him and we're in his hands. We need to rejoice in it. And we need to be available to be enabled by him while we're here. We have a job to do. We have a spiritual job to do. Has God told you what your spiritual job is? Yes, he has. He's enabled you spiritually to do it. How do I find out what it is? Listen. Read the word so that you might understand what God's really calling you to do. A lot of people think, well, I'll be in his will. Well, if you want to be in his will, read his word. 
His will is very clear. His will for you is very clear. And if you, go, you get into the word, it'll also tell you. He told you to go out and subdue this world and do what? Be a blessing to the people who are around you. Yeah, that's the will of God. So that people might do what? Rejoice over what God has given this world and what he is doing. And, and if you don't communicate that to the people who are around you, you're not communicating your spiritualness to the people who are around you. How do you do that? Witness for Jesus Christ? No, he doesn't say that we need to do witness. He calls certain people to witness. He gives that to the uh, evangelist. But what about the ones who have the gift of mercy? What about those who have the gift of teaching? What are those who have the gift of administration? Yeah, there's all these things that God has given us to do. What about those that have the gift of helps with their hands? We get through and we look at see what was the people who kept charge of the temples at the time of Solomon. Those people were given what? Spiritual gifts of hands. And what did those spiritual gifts of hands that build things? We have the things, we have the computers, we have the, we have the electricians, we have the carpenters, we have the plumbers. We have all these people that have special gifts. The gift of administration, secretaries, managers, doctors, lawyers, merchants. All of them were given what? Spiritual gifts to do their job. And they think it's all what? It's all what? It's all of God. But the people who don't put themselves out there to do it. We are all handicapped in certain ways because we are what? We are human. And we're, but we have, we have an advocate. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ. Going on in the conclusion 13 and 14, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make you, your enemies, a footstool for your feet? What does that mean to me? Jesus Christ says he's going to do what with this world? We're going to be at his feet. We're going to be at his feet. What does that mean? Servant. Servant. He's, he's saying there that you're going to be my servant. And God's put you there for him. You're there to serve him. That's what it means. He's, what, what about, he's saying there, he's not only saying that the, the world, he's saying that the enemies, the enemies are going to serve him. So we see all this evil in the world, you know, that, that that's going to serve him? We say, okay, what kind of control does God have in this world? Uh, sometimes it's pretty scary for us, but if we don't have the big picture, we know what it is. And they not, uh, are not all ministers and ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. The big kicker here, where the end of this, in here. What is he talking about here? Those who will inherit salvation. We've inherited salvation. 
Who are those he's talking about will inherit salvation? It's the ones that we minister to. It's the ones that we service. It's the ones that we render service to. We need to understand how it takes to render service. What service? What is it the service we talked about? Doing our jobs. It might be dishwasher. It might be polishing the furniture. It might be making beds in the hotels. It might be whatever God calls you to do to be a part of this community. Right. It's, it's talking about, he's talking here about, he's talking here about community. So we've come to the end of this chapter and what is it that we have to put in our pocket before we go home? How can we apply this to our lives? Probably the first thing is, is we need to put his word in our pocket. We need to put his word where we can have a relationship with him and we need to partake of it daily. He says that we need to partake of his word daily. He talks, he talks about this actually being like our food. He's talking about this like being our food. So we need to take it in. We need to understand him. We need to know him. We need to know him. When we know him, we know what we are to do as his servants. We know what we need to do as his servants. A lot of times we like to go through and understand what a picture is here. He's given us a picture of angels and how the angels have a position with him. And he's not really talking about us having a position with him, but he's giving us this great example that we might understand what our job is in this world. Servants. Ministering spirits. Our humanness is not ministering spirits. You need to understand that. Our humanness is not ministering spirits. But our spiritualness is. Our spiritualness is ministering spirits. Those of us that are called to minister spiritually are being talked to by Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, being talked to. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for the blessing that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this book of Hebrews. We just ask, Lord, that you might just guide and direct us. I thank you, Lord, for the struggles that you take us through and for what you do. Uh, pray, Lord, for our passion, Lord, for you and our passion for this church. We pray, Lord, for our outcome, uh, Monday night meeting. We pray, Lord, for our outcome of next July 5th meeting, to uh, whether we call this pastor or not, or do we go on to uh, another, another set. You only know what it is, Lord, so we ask, Lord, in your name that you guide us and direct us, because we know that with you, we too are ministering spirits. In your name we pray, amen. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste Of glory divine 
Again, thank you for this uh, opportunity that we've had to hear your word. Uh, we're going to place the uh, offering plate again out of the door. Uh, those of you who want to leave your offerings and tithes, we would appreciate all of you, Lord. And uh, we had several people not here today. Um, if you know someone who's not here today, please give them a call. Please give them a call. And I want to thank again the volunteers, uh, restroom attendants and ushers and everyone that uh, help put this on uh, without you we can't do it so we appreciate all of you and please go and have a safe trip if you want to visit visit outside please where there's lots of open air otherwise have a happy day and happy father's day to everyone you're dismissed <laughs>